This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Holding Core is back and better than ever for its second season at its new home, Interval Presents. Holding Core is hosted by Ebony K. Williams, an attorney, author, activist, TV host, and former public defender. Each week, Ebony uses her expertise to break down how the law affects us, our culture, our futures, and she does this while being raw, real, and completely unfiltered. She takes us through the latest headlines, and they get crazier every day, and looks at how we can navigate our justice system to our greatest benefit. Listen to Holding Court by Ebony K. Williams on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. You know, sometimes you really just snap. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are James Duke Johnson Jr., our victim, and Bashir Tripp, our murderess. Hey, you guys, just jumping in for a quick trigger warning of abuse of a minor. If you are uncomfortable with that, please skip ahead about a minute, a minute and a half, and you'll be good to go. Bashira Shamira Tripp was born on March 14, 1986, in Patterson, New Jersey. She graduated from Deep Creek High School, also in New Jersey. Now, growing up, life was not easy for her. She was physically and sexually abused by her parents, by family members. And when she was 13 years old, she was raped at gunpoint. And if that wasn't traumatic enough, the result of that was her finding out that she was pregnant at 13. Her daughter, Jasmine, was born on March 27th, 1999, and after that, she was pretty much immediately taken away from Bashira. 
She then had two other children with her husband, and her husband's name was Duke. Well, we gonna call him Duke, but of course, he's the other player, James Johnson Jr. Anyways, her and Duke, they got married, and they had been married for about 18 years. They had two other children. So in total, they had the eldest, Jasmine. They also had Jordan and James III. Other than that, we don't have much information about Bashira's upbringing or her life. We do know off of Facebook that she was a stepper in high school. It looked like she was on the cheer team. And of course, that she was in love with her husband. James Irvin Johnson Jr. was born August 25th in 1985 in Bronx, New York, to his mother, Denise Jenkins, and his father, James Irvin Johnson Sr. So he was born weighing 10 pounds, 10 ounces. We're talking a baby elephant here. Big That's baby. not a baby elephant. Hold on. I was 10 pounds when I was baby born. Baby elephant. That's a big baby. He was his parents' second-born child as he had an older sister, Latoya LaShawn Johnson, and a younger brother, Matthew Phillip Johnson. And they used to call him Junior, Junie, and Booney. They would rotate through those names. He was often watched by his grandmother, Rebecca Jenkins, who kept him very well fed. They said she used to throw down and he used to eat it up. By the time he was two, his dad was putting a basketball in his hand, playing with his little boy, teaching him everything there is to know about the game. Now, James went to middle school at IS-116 Rafael Hernandez Junior High School, and he really started to hone in on that love he had for basketball. And he and his dad just started spending long nights practicing together In school, he was known for his many antics. I can imagine he was probably a class clown or something. Once he got to high school, he started playing for a local Bronx team and got himself a few trophies, little awards. You know, some might say he was good at it. And he was also a chess player and pretty good at that, too. You don't see too many. Mm. You don't don't hear about too many black chess players, you know? The men in my family, actually, that is their bonding time. They'd be like, yeah, we messaged over playing on the chess app. And I'd be like, y'all niggas play chess? And they do. Surprise me. I was in a chess club in elementary school. Where are you now? Yeah, I used to stay at the school and learn how to play. You should teach me. Okay. He went on to go to Smith High School where he studied mechanics and wood shop. History was his favorite subject, and he would walk around like a walk-and-talking encyclopedia and argue you down about facts and dates and all that, whatever, right? Like, let's we can go about it. But overall, the traditional school route was not for him. He did like to learn, but, you know, not that way. Not not with what they put on you inside the classrooms. So James, or Duke, which he's now known by, uh, he got the name in high school. He decides to drop out after the 11th grade. He instead goes to trade school for plumbing and electrical work. Now, once he finishes trade school, he starts, you know, just doing odd jobs here and there. And he ends up getting into the food service industry. And from there, he's learning how to move around the kitchen, and he starts to teach himself how to cook. He's 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 cleaning and filleting whole fish. He's smoking meat. He's grilling to perfection. Okay, and he really I will marry you. <laughs> he's really loving it too. He loves it so much that James and his wife Bashira decided to open up their own catering business in 2020. Now it seems like it was kind of run out of his house, like. A little less catering, a little more we sell plates. But the business was called Duke's, 
And in August of the same year, in 2020, he got to cater his first wedding with the support of some of his family. So I'm sure like a cousin or something got married and it was like, we're going to let you hold it down, which I know was nice and it definitely made him feel good. Other interests of his were music and fashion. He loved sneakers, hats, jackets, and he was actually working on a clothing line with one of his close friends. He calls him a brother from another mother. He was also working with his younger cousin to join the music industry. Now, I don't know if it was as a producer or as a rapper, but my man sat his hands in a lot of pots, okay? They were in Virginia at this time, right? hmm And, you know, Virginia, there's actually a lot going on there as far as, like, music and, you know, mm-hmm. there's some studios there and definitely a place to be. Overall, Duke loved his family, especially his kids. There's nothing he loved more than being a dad. His family said he never complained or gave up, but instead worked hard to sacrifice and ensure they had all the things that they needed and wanted. They even said that he would alternate weeks so that they each got their own individual time for shopping, shoes, and other luxuries that they wanted, which, you know, treat me right. I like that. I love to shop now. Yeah, you do. (laughs) So if you ask Bashira... Throughout this entire time, home life between them was hell. Her and Duke were arguing constantly, and they didn't just regular argue. They were knocked down, drag out, fight type of arguing. She said that Duke was hella selfish, that he never put her first, never thought about her, and that he was cheating on her all the time, like constantly. And on top of that, their arguments were starting to become physical. Now, if you ask anybody, on either side of their family, they will all tell you that their relationship was on one. They be at a family cookout just yelling and cussing each other out. Mm-hmm. They be outside just yelling and fighting. They seen both of them put their hands on each other because they just be going in all the time. Now, these are what the people that know them said. But if you only follow, like, their Facebook, they have, I, I couldn't find an Instagram at least, but if you will follow them online, you would have thought they were in love. They were the typical, like, we fighting, but on social media, everything is great. Everything is all peaches and key, right? Right. They were talking about the business. They were like, look what we got each other. One time Duke was posting some stuff, basically saying, you know, I'm taken. And then I saw this post, Tazzy, I saw this post. <clears throat> I can't wait. <laughs> so they've been together for a long time, and she made this post. Hold on. It was back in 20, hold on, 18. Hold on, y'all. I'm just pulling up my phone. Y'all be up. It's on the Instagram page, but I'm about to show y'all right now. I'm about to tell you. I'm about to read it to you if you're driving. So she posted this in 2018. And in 2018, I remember, I remember when this went viral. It's a picture of a Walmart ring. It's a Walmart engagement ring, and the cost of it is $48. And she reposted, and she was like, I honestly wouldn't have problem with a cheap ring. Love is love. I doubt the cost of the ring will determine how much we love each other. I've been with my husband for almost 14 years, and I have never had an engagement ring. And when we got married, I asked him to buy me a house instead. So here it is, three years after the wedding, and I got a house and still no ring. That shit not important. First of all, not important to you, because I'm going to tell you what kind of girl. I am. (laughs) Second of all, you've been with this man for 14 years, married for three. Yeah. He could go, you could go, you could go get a cheap ring, a cheaper ring than, you can spend like $500 on a ring. 
and still get a real ring. You ain't got to spend 20 bands. You can spend a band. But he going to spend some money, huh? You got to... What if you can't tell? It's Mariah. You, Tazzy, you getting your ring appraised? No. I, I would I'm not. raising my eyebrow at you. I'm not. I would never. Just but I may see if it scratches the mirror. <laughs> Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodline, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting fall sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart. I just don't know why you thought this was cute. Y'all could have had matching tattoos on y'all fingers, and I think I would have I would approve of that more than making such a bird statement on the internet. I'm but willing to that's bet. what she liked to do. I'm willing to bet money. At least one of them had their name tattooed on him. I raise you that both of them did. <laughs> Anywho, on the internet, they were in love, basically. They were in love, and she didn't have a ring. And she was totally fine with it while running a business for him. That's fine. Now, the two were living in Norfolk by Virginia's Golden Shore. And their fights, of course, off of the internet, had started getting more and more violent. So these two are going back and forth just constantly. If they're not hitting, they bobbing and weaving, both of them. Now, it had been said that things were getting so bad that Duke was like, listen, we're not getting nowhere. It's been eight, we've been together for... A while now. Like, at this point, what is it, 2020? We're in 2020 now. We've been arguing since forever. Maybe this ain't where we're supposed to be. You know how that goes. They argue, they get back together. They argue, they get back together. And it had gotten to the point where they really had had it with one another. Now, Bashira was absolutely 100% sure that Duke was cheating on her. And Duke was 100% sure saying that he was not. Bashira was sitting here like, this nigga is playing me like a fucking fool. Like, all I can think about is breaking this bottle upside his head and stabbing the fuck out of him. Quote, end quote. So, like she's saying, shit ain't sweet over here, right? Now, on August 6th of 2020, Bashira goes to pick her husband up from work. Now... What you want to do when you get off work? Sit back, relax, unwind. You know, I'm trying to chill. It's been a long day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Bashira is like, no, Duke, you're coming with me to the dentist. Why does Bashira need to go to the dentist? Oh, because her and Duke got to arguing, and she wound up with a black eye and two chipped teeth. Somebody chipped my teeth is done for. You know how much I care about my teeth? I know you really do. And I like my my two front teeth are I have like kind of buck teeth and I love them low key. No, please don't. That, that's I the, never want to see you again. I, I think that's my breaking point. That's my line. There it is. 
my mouth, my teeth. <sighs> like I have all of them and I'm, I'm not even missing the side tooth. Oh my God. And what if that's the tooth that you knock out my side tooth? Oh my God. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> my daddy missing that my side My mind tooth. is whirling. <sighs> so she's like, no, you're you're coming with me. She goes to the dentist's office that's located in the Janus Shopping Center in Norfolk, Virginia. And they like argue in the hallway over here, right? So it's like 3.45 p.m. Duke yelling at Brisha, you selfish. Why you ain't take me home right away? You know I'm tired. I've been at work all day. You want to sit and have me out here doing this shit, man? I could be at the house. And you could have went by yourself. I'm not even driving you. So, like, what you even need me here for, right? But she was like, I'm not trying to have her back. But, nigga, you bust my teeth. So you going to sit here and watch me get That's a That's exactly fix. what I was about to say, what she said. <laughs> and I'm 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 not capping for her, but like you did this to me, so you about to sit here and I need you to pay for it. What the fuck? You know what would cost less than getting my teeth fixed? A ring. <laughs> yeah, but sure with all that. Like, nah. You you the whole reason I'm at this appointment. You can't be bothered to come with me. That's crazy. She's losing her shit. She getting mad and upset. She just start throwing all his shit out the car. She leaves him at the shopping center and drives off. She realizes that she threw her phone out. That's where I'm picking back up from. And so she pulled back up to the shopping center. And as she's driving, Duke on the phone, and he's stepping to the crosswalk, and she just floors it. She starts going at, like, 30 miles per hour, and she straight up hits him. He goes flying into the air and then falls into the ground face down. Now, after hitting Duke, she ends up crashing into two other calls. At this point, Duke is laying on the ground, face down, bleeding out of his skull. Barisha gets out the car and starts yelling at this man. He is non-responsive, not moving. People are all over this parking lot, this plaza. They've seen, first of all, they heard them arguing all the way up here. And then see her come back, see her blatantly hit this man, and then get out and proceed to yell at him. He's literally defenseless. He don't even know he's getting yelled at right now. People start recording and everything, and she is going in. She's like, I gave you 18 years of my fucking life. She's like, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you. I hope you're dead. She was like, this what happened when you leave your wife. So she's in his face. She's yelling at him. She spits on this man. Full head cock back spit. And people are just sitting here baffled like, ma'am, haven't you done enough? But she hasn't, y'all. Because then she goes over and sees the bumper of her car laying on the ground. She picks it up and hits him with it. People was like, ma'am, you got to stop. You've got to stop. And she was like, nah, fuck him. Fuck him. Yelling at him, fuck him. Like, she is going in. So... Again, she was headed to the dentist's office. She's right outside this dentist's office. And to the 
employees at the dentist's office are like, people are literally out here staring and recording this man. We don't know if he's dead, okay? So they end up bringing a she out and laying it over him just so people can stop gawking at him because it's crazy. It's literally blood pulling from his head. He's not moved an inch since he's been hit. Right. Of course, they don't know if he's dead, but they're like, he definitely looks it. Right. So remember, this all happened randomly on a Thursday. Like, 911 got a call about this at 3.45 p.m. So, you know, like, things don't really turn up like this on a Thursday. The police pull up, the ambulance pull up, and all they know is that there was a car accident and that someone on the scene is injured. They're not sure what they're walking into. They find Duke on the ground. He is still unconscious, and they take him straight to Centera of Norfolk General Hospital. He has life-threatening injuries. He's in critical condition. He suffered serious brain injury. He had to have multiple surgeries, and To keep him alive, he was in a coma and on a feeding tube, and they were just going to have to see what happens. Now, when they arrived, don't worry about where Bashir was. She was there. She was there. She was pacing. She was ready for the police. When they were looking at his body, she decided she was going to lean herself right onto the cop car and watch them assess the scene, take the pictures, and take the body away because she was mind-boggling. She was big, big chilling. We have a picture. Just leaned up. But remember, all around here, everybody sees this. It's 2020 that this happened. So it's on everybody's live. It's gone viral. Everybody has seen what she's done, and Bashira has not ran away. They obviously arrest her on the scene, and she's charged with aggravated assault. And the witness, (laughs) and when they... (laughs) And remember, there were so many witnesses that when they actually cuffed her, you know, it takes a while, especially if you're not running or anything. When they actually cuff her, everybody's like, yeah, good job. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Yeah. And they like cheer the cops for taking her off. Because, girl, you just would not stop. Because you wouldn't stop. And of course, they were like, OK, this is definitely is some type of domestic issue, but we need to figure out what all this was about. Like she said, she's arrested at the scene and she ends up telling the police that she ran over him in a fit of rage, which that was obvious. A lot of witnesses ended up talking to the media and everybody's gobsmacked. Like, I can't believe that. One, a woman who didn't want to be identified said, quote, it was a horrible, horrible thing to see. I've never seen anything like that. I heard the vroom of an engine, then crunches. I couldn't believe it. I was mortified. I thought a man had been run over. When I see the woman throwing the bumper on top of his body that wasn't moving face down and bleeding profusely, I knew something else was going on. I can't assume it was an accident. They were arguing. The lady speeds off. She comes back and targets what I believe to be her husband and hits him and he falls. He goes up into the air and he falls to the ground. Another witness, Kayla Schwerz, says that she was working at the dental office when she saw Bashir and Duke arguing before she hit him with the car and sped off. It was her and another one of her co-workers who placed a sheet over his body because they thought he was dead and they didn't want all the children outside looking at him. And she just thought it was disrespectful for people to be gawking at him. Now, once she was arrested and she was taken in, she talks to the police and she tells the police kind of what's going on. And she says that... Duke got out of the car because they were arguing and she planned on leaving him there, like leaving him at the shopping center. But she was in that car and she just got so fucking mad. And when she saw him, she just pressed the gas. 
the cops are listening to this and then she turns to the cops and she's like, did I kill my child's father? Is he okay? Girl, what do you think? I don't know. They're like, listen, ma'am, we can't even tell you what's going on with him right now. He is at the hospital. We have no word of what's happening. We're trying to figure out why you would do such a thing to him and to start off with. She tells them again about how how their relationship, they would always go back and forth. And he just made her so mad. And like, look at my teeth. He chipped them. And they were like, okay, ma'am, we heard a story. We, you Obviously, you're under arrest. She's taken down to Norfolk City Jail, and she's held without bond. Now, Judge Randolph Carlson said there was enough evidence to support this case and that there was definitely some probable cause. And it took seven months for the domestic relations judge in Norfolk to send the case to a grand jury. So now Bashir is in this place where she's talking with her attorneys. She's talking to people. She's trying to figure out what is she going to do? Is she going to plead innocent? Is she going to plead guilty? Is she going to take that shit to trial? Who knows? She's going back and forth. Her representatives are going back and forth and they're negotiating and they actually come up with a plea that she's pretty okay with. So on September 8th, 2021, Bashir decides to plead guilty to aggravated malicious wounding. So she takes her plea. She's still in jail. She's awaiting her sentencing. You know that's going to take a while. And then 15 months after the incident happened, on October 30th, 2021, James dies. Remember, he's been in a coma this entire time. I'm sure his family is just holding out hope, but he ends up succumbing to his injuries. Now, if you are a detective like us, you're probably asking the question, well, she's already pled guilty to one charge. Is she going to be able to be charged with murder? Is it double jeopardy? What is happening? Well, turns out a part of those negotiations for her plea agreement, they negotiated in them that if he dies, if James dies after she pleads guilty, her charges will not go up to murder. They will still stay with the charges, what, of aggravated, malicious wounding. I have never heard of a bargain like that before. His funeral was held on Monday, November 22nd, 2021, and he was buried in his hometown, the Bronx. A quote from the obituary says, quote, James I. Johnson Jr. will forever be remembered for his love, support, sense of humor, protection, cooking, fashion sense, debating abilities, and his ability to own and control a room. Though he is no longer physically with us, we will carry him in our hearts and our memories. On the morning of Saturday, October 30th, 2021, he decided it was too much and he was ready to stop trying. Duke fought for a year. He defied the odds and limitations set up even before him. For these reasons, he will forever be our superhero. We are beyond proud of him for his desire to fight. We will never be upset with him for deciding that he, in his unfortunate and undeserved circumstances, decided he was done. Bashira, they didn't mention her in the obituary. They didn't mention his wife. They did mention his children, but they didn't mention the baby mama. (laughs) And all this isn't super relevant, but maybe it is. After he died, turns out, people go to Bashira's Facebook page, turns out Bashira been said that she was a widow on Facebook. Not changed it when he officially passed, like, Ben said that she was a widow on Facebook. Taz has a theory that she did it at the scene of the crime. Yeah. 
while she was on her. I don't y'all know. look at the video. She on her phone, on her phone, on her phone. And she got in the car saying, did I just kill my kid's father? He wasn't moving. He looked dead. I'm sure that's exactly when she did it. On January 7th, 2022, she walks in and she's facing, you know, anywhere between 11 and 24 years. And, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get. But you know how sentencing is. I mean, family members, witnesses, police officers, they still get to get up and testify and talk about their experience when it's being decided what her fate is going to be. An officer got up there and testified that she did ask, did I kill my child's father? Is he okay? Um, The police gets up there and says, she told me straight up that she floored it and she struck him. They said they also noticed that, listen, Bashira did have a black eye. And according to her, she said that she had the black eye because they got into an argument earlier about the kids and whatever she said made Duke really upset and Duke ended up punching her in the face. So she had a black eye and she had two chipped teeth. So the police are telling what they know. Now, Bashira was talking to the police and she was just, I guess, rambling and telling everything. And that time that I told you earlier that she was thinking about hitting him upside the head with a bottle and stabbing him, she told that to the police officer. So the police officer obviously said that during her sentencing hearing, which, okay, girl. Also, Kayla, the girl from the dentist office, testified. Um, the woman who shall not be named testified. A man who saw the thing while waiting for his daughter, he testified, talk about the revving of the engine, her getting out of the car and then throwing the bumper at his motionless body. Like, they're, they're really painting the picture for you, you know? It's how it's supposed to be. Duke's sister Latoya also testifies that her brother was in a vegetative state for months after the incident with a skull fracture and other serious injuries. She said, quote, I'm heartbroken. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm scared. She also spoke about how Duke and Bashir were nasty to each other. She said occasionally they got violent with one another. She said her brother was vulgar and disrespectful towards Bashir, but she was the same way to him. According to Bashir, she was a battered woman who committed a crime of passion in the heat of the moment. Her defense attorney, public defender Michelle Monfiletto, gave detailed accounts of how Bashir grew up. It talked about the abuse she experienced from her parents, the abuse she experienced from other family members, how she came to have her first daughter at the age of 13. You know, she's telling all of this and then talked about how Bashir continued to experience abuse now at the hands of her husband. Before she was sentenced, Bashir apologized to the court and to Duke's family and prayed that Duke's family would forgive her. She said, I can't begin to express my remorse. He was my husband, the love of my life. I love James with every fiber of my being, and I know he loved me just as much. Judge Gerald C. Jones sentenced Bashir to 18 years in prison with an additional 12 years suspended in exchange for good behavior and completion of five-year probationary period. When speaking of Bashir's background, he said, I accept that, and I think it would be unfair to just ignore it, but I cannot and refuse to ignore the impact that her volatile actions have had on the Johnson family. We cannot tolerate that as acceptable behavior in this society. He continued, Bashir Tripp killed James Johnson on August, on August 6, 2020, even if it took him another 15 months to die. Mr. Johnson should be alive today, but because of Ms. Tripp's cruel and unnecessary crime, he is gone. I hope that today's sentence brings peace to Mr. Johnson's loved ones. Whether the weapon is a gun, a knife, or a car, 
we will do all we can to hold accountable the people who kill our fellow citizens. As if you're wondering what she's doing now, she should be in jail because she was sentenced very recently. Um, I couldn't find her online, but that does not mean that she's not in jail um, or in prison, so I should say. Um, We know that her oldest daughter graduated from high school in 2017, has two children of her own, and shouts out her mom still on the internet saying that she loves her. Dun-da-da-da! All right, y'all, it's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I didn't do it, but if I did, I would not have ran this man over. Like, in a public shopping plaza, she could have hurt somebody else. And, like, I get you was mad, and it was so easy just to— It was—the thing is, it was too easy to just put some more gas on it. You know what I mean? By the time you had that first thought that you really wanted to kill him and it was taking everything in you not to kill him, that should have been your step back. Time to go. Time to go. Which brings me to mine— I ain't do it, but if I did, just because you think it does not mean that you should do it. Mm-hmm. And it definitely doesn't mean that you should say it. Like, the fact that she even had the thought that, I just want to bust him upside the head and stab him with this bottle. Nobody should know that. That should have been a thought that stayed in, stayed in the drafts. Like, right. the police shouldn't have known that. I shouldn't know it. All these people that are about to listen to this show should know that you thought that. Like, And then it just made everything seem worse. Like, this wasn't your first time thinking and fantasizing about killing him. I ain't do it, but if I did, if I have that short lapse in impulse control, I do not continue by yelling at an unconscious man on the ground, bleeding out, my husband, my father of my kids, bleeding out, non-responsive. I'm just wondering what it takes to click. Like, she's really not—you can't be there. Ain't no way. I ain't do it, but if I did, I, I think this is one of those ones where you should have just let him go. Because let's say that he was cheating in 2020. Cheating through during a pandemic is wild, crazy shit. Okay? I get it. And you know, a lot of people broke up during the pandemic because they realized that they couldn't stand the person that they were with. It happened. Plenty of times. You could have just left. And my teeth, that would have been a breaking point. I I guess the teeth just happened, right? Yep. Ugh. Should have been gone. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have told him exactly why he was at the dentist's office with me and exactly why he was coming to with me, which was because you hit me in the face and you have to pay for my new teeth. All I want for Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. Is my two front teeth. She's a wild girl. Parole or no parole. She's early. She just got in there. How long did we say that she had? 18 years. 18 years. Somebody 18 said. years. I know your 18th birthday found out it was his. <laughs> Somebody said uh, she talking about she wasted 18 years on him and then got 18 years in prison. I'm telling you. Girl, you And gotta, honestly. You going to let, you you gotta, gonna let you him gonna, make you take another 18 years from you? Like, come on, girl. At some point, you got to stop wasting Honestly, your time. Honestly, you should at you least have him 20. With your car is wasting his time, wasting your time. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. And then, hold on, wait. If she's in prison, is she going to be able to get her front teeth fixed? Nah, they don't care about that. Oh, 
my goodness. It's not worth it. What? That's just how you look now. What? And by the time she gets out of prison, because really she should have like 2025 high key. So I'm going to no parole you, girl. But by the time that she gets out of prison, for real, for real, she's not even going to remember how to smile because she's going to be so used to covering up them chipped teeth. Yeah, I think what a I'm case. Yeah. Um, oh, we're on parole well. or no parole. Um, yeah. Just the way you acted a fool at the crime scene in the plaza in front of everybody, I, it's, it's real easy to be remorseful later. Like, at some point, you have to decide that that's not the person that you want to be. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a line, and you crossed it. No parole. Whew. Okay, let's read some reviews. This one comes from our Facebook page from Chevy. Chevy, a Chevy country, I could tell. <laughs> Chevy says, I'm an avid true crime story consumer. I travel on the road a lot and listen to only two podcasts now. And Sisters Who Kill is not number two. I love to hear about such an underrepresented sect of true crime. Love what you all do. I only have one critique. And that's when you guys do this segment. I ain't do it, but if I did, sometimes you don't actually talk about how you would have gotten away with it, just that you wouldn't have done it. Well, sometimes... I just wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Sometimes you just wouldn't have done it. Like, I would not, Marah would not be in that situation. It, it, let me keep going, Chevy. Listen. Okay. Um, I'd just be so baffled. Like, girl, why are we here? I really enjoy when you hypothesize on ways to get away with the crimes. You just like us. That's fine. It's one of the best parts. Other than that, keep going strong. I know personally how much work goes into running a podcast, and you queens are doing amazing. Side note, shout out to y'all for the trial time snippet from Obama Boy. RIP to the last Mr. Biggs. Also, I be freestyling to the intro music. I freestyled to the intro music this uh, this uh, last, what was it, two days ago? I listened to it, and I was like, oh, shit, hold on. I don't ever listen to the intro music anymore, honestly. I just throw it in there. <laughs> but it's pretty good. Thank you, Chevy. Such opposite feedback with the, I ain't do it, but if I did. Like, some people love it, and some people are like, I just think it's very disrespectful, and I skip that part all the time. And I'll be like, well, I feel like it's respectful when we say we just wouldn't have done it because it's just that blatantly stupid and didn't deserve it. I feel like that's being respectful. You can skip it. Just don't skip the ad. <laughs> um, do what you got to do for your minty age. This one is me, one, two, three. I'm not a true crime fan, but I've been really enjoying this podcast and a funny commentary and the way you both, a clear concerted effort to flesh out the murderess's past and portray them as people with real lives. My one concern is, why are you not coming from more of an abolitionist lens? Personally, I can't imagine what it'd be like to serve 10 years in prison, let alone 50, and yet you both sometimes land on no parole. Don't you think all humans deserve a second chance at redemption? When you painstakingly research the murderess's lives and details, their traumatic childhoods, don't you feel like the answer is therapy and social support rather than life in prison? Um, I, I feel know. like I, I feel like we do have those cases where it's like, no, 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 she needs therapy. But also, like, I think there's, they, I think there is a bigger issue, which is the fact that. The prison systems are money makers, and I think we we talk about that a lot. And it's not really wanting to help people, 
So there's a, definitely a balance to be had. I think we, for the most part, like Mariah said, there are times where we're just like dismantle the whole system. But I think for the most part, we try and answer the question with the options in society today. Her option is this or that. And I think while she's doing that time, absolutely, she should be doing therapy. And I think prison should actually actually be about reform and not so much a prison, but like reform, you know? But I think we're just answering the questions. I think even if prison was a reform place and it was this social therapy and the, they could get the quote-unquote healing that they need, sometimes it's just that bad. And even if that's where you go and you have to stay getting therapy and thinking about your actions for the rest of your life, I mean, if you ate a baby, that's just what it is, you know? Like, some people just do some crazy shit that it's just like, there's no coming back from this. Like, there's a line. I think that is why we are, we take a lot of time and we really try our best to dive into the lives that they had beforehand. Mm -hmm. I was telling Tazzy the other week, I was like, everybody that has ever been sentenced and found guilty and is in prison should write a book or write a blog. They should all, I mean, I know that many have access, but they should just should because right now when you are in prison, you only have one side of the story being told and it is not being told by you, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I think so much in life is, but you don't understand where I'm coming from. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand how I was triggered. And I think for society to be better and to even start having the conversations that, you know, maybe there's a bigger, maybe there are bigger issues at hand comes with the knowledge of knowing the people. And I think that's, I would like to say, I want to say, or I'm striving to, to be the reason that this podcast is set apart from other podcasts because we want to dive in and analyze their lives. I hope that we do a good job. Sometimes we don't because we're human and sometimes we record this at three o'clock in the morning. But um, yeah, I think that that's the reason why we approach it that way because if we can start the conversation, I then hopefully it will build into a better future long term. We're also just here to tell you a story. None too crazy. None too wild. None too wild. But I appreciate it. Shit. Let me know how you feel. And I think that's why the discussion group is really great. Like, where we can really get into it. Where we can really get into the nitty gritty. And everybody I, don't I, like I these tangents, y'all. Yeah, I come up with so many ideas even while going back and editing the episode. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope somebody brings this up. And I think it'd be mm -hmm. weird to, like, write full think pieces after <laughs> I've spent the entire night editing an episode. And I just want to get it out and people just want to hear it. But, like, I think they're even going back and listening to this while editing. I'm like, oh, there's stuff that's still deeper mm -hmm. and conversations that still can be had, you know. I don't know. Hopefully we're doing it. I don't know. And hopefully, because you had that conversation with us, you'll have that... Con Since you wrote this to us and you had that conversation with somebody else, we will have that conversation with somebody else. And I don't know, maybe we maybe we, maybe we did something. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. But if you want to have a conversation with us, you can. Um, the Facebook discussion group is a really great place to do that. Sisters Who Kill podcast. You do have to answer questions to get in. If you have gotten this far in this episode, then you should be pretty good at answering the questions. They're really simple. Um, you could also email us, um, sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com, but I guarantee you the discussion group is the best place to have conversations like that. 
email us to say hi, add space, um, tell us that we're amazing. You can tell us we suck in our emails. That's fine. Just don't put it publicly anywhere else. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Kill. You can follow us on Instagram, Pod. On TikTok, Podcast. And that is it. Anything else, friend? Come see about us at CrimeCon. That's right. We'll be in CrimeCon in September. You got plenty of time. You got plenty of time. Hit us up for the discount code. I'm trying to see you there. You already know. You already know we got the discount code. Get 10% off. Just hit us up. We got you. Don't meet me there. Beat me there. Period. Anything else after that? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye.